Welcome to the QI chat room. I'm your host, Kelly Bond. This podcast is brought to you by Redwood Community Health Coalition, or RCHC for short. We're a network of community health centers and a wellness education site throughout Marin, Napa, Sonoma, and Yolo counties. We formed in 1994 with a mission of improving access to and the quality of care provided for underserved and uninsured people. This podcast is all about quality improvement, or QI, in healthcare. We'll bring you speakers from our member health centers, outside health centers, county and federal agencies, healthcare plans, and more. Those speakers will discuss promising practices they've identified at health centers, the latest data on specific health topics, and engage in conversation with our live audience. We've been hosting these chat rooms since late 2018 and transitioned to the podcast format in the fall of 2019 to reach a greater range of listeners. We hope you'll join us as we share the latest in quality improvement with you. This episode features Danny Tobe from Santa Rosa Community Health, which is a health center in Sonoma County, California. He will talk about their recently documented promising practice titled HIV Testing Program and PrEP Management. Santa Rosa Community Health has been doing HIV work for many years and started amping up their program in 2015 when they created a solid foundation for this work. The 2017 Sonoma County fires unfortunately forced the health center to pivot to emergency work and other pressing needs. However, over the past year, they've been able to start focusing more on PrEP and HIV. PrEP, which you'll hear throughout the episode, stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis and is a HIV prevention medication for those at high risk of exposure to HIV. Danny, as both a family doctor and an HIV specialist, has played a large role in the health center's HIV effort. The health center has family medicine residents that Danny teaches about quality improvement and population health. He's also a trainer with the AIDS Education and Training Center. Danny will start us off today by talking a little bit about Santa Rosa Community Health and the population they serve. I wanted to just share a little bit. I work at a FQHC here in Santa Rosa um, uh, where we serve about 40,000 people. We have a, a large multi-site uh, group and serve about a quarter of the population of Santa Rosa. Um, and there's a long history of HIV here in our county. I'm told that this was one of the um, largest counties uh, in terms of rural HIV prevalence, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, uh, that it was number one in the country in terms of people coming up from San Francisco. And our epidemiology has changed. Um, our FQHC historically did not do uh, much HIV testing routinely um, and, uh, for many years. Um, but starting in about 2010, we um, uh, assumed from the county health department uh, the HIV grants that were enabled us to serve about 500 plus people with HIV. Um, the population has changed here. Uh, we're now seeing mostly uh, young Latino men uh, in terms of new cases of HIV in our county. So the promising practice that I wanted to talk a little bit about was around an HIV testing grant that we had for about a three-year period from 2015 to 2017. Um, and um, the work that we've done after that in terms of taking the next steps, building on the infrastructure investments around um, universal opt-out HIV testing and um, building on that um, to grow our, our HIV prevention program, our PrEP program uh, using the same model. So we were one of 
I think, eight um, uh, clinics funded by the State Department of Health. And we uh, basically doubled our HIV testing rates over the grant period. So we went from about 26% to 51%. Um, and right when that grant was ending, um, the Tubbs fires arrived in Santa Rosa and burned down about 5% of all housing uh, in, the, in the city, and including our flagship health center uh, where I work. And so we kind of shifted to um, quality assurance mode from quality improvement mode um, at that point and tried to regroup. Um, but I think the work around the initial HIV testing grant laid a lot of found work, uh, found, laid a lot of foundation um, for other improvements. Um, and I think just as we've now been back in our in our health center that burned down now for four months, I think we're really ready to take our prep um, program to the next step. So um, our aim over the initial grant was to get more people screened for HIV. Historically, uh, HIV was a super scary, unusual thing and lots of separate um, grant funding streams that led it to um, maintain, I think in some ways, a lot of stigma. And I think for many health centers, particularly ones that don't have Ryan White programs, it's kind of this still a, a, a something that's treated differently. And, and I think the main impact of, of our program was that we really tried to reduce stigma and normalize uh, HIV screening. And so uh, we picked a NQF measure uh, number 3067, basically screening everybody age 15 to 65 for HIV once in their lifetime. And that reflects uh, uh, changes that have been around from CDC since 2006 and U.S. Preventative Task Force Services since 2013 that we uh, really um, are shifted, shifted from risk-based screening to universal screening. Um, and we did a great job. We increased testing rates um, uh, dramatically, almost doubling them. And I think more importantly, we changed uh, the systems and culture of our workplace so that uh, all of our staff, from our medical receptionists to medical assistants to um, nursing to clinicians to uh, clinical leadership and chief executive officer, understands the rationale for why we should be um, screening. And so we continue to uh, work on that. Um, and I think it's been a really successful thing as I think about rolling out other kinds of universal opt-out screening programs. So what we did was we uh, created a basic infrastructure for HIV testing and also for prep management. So things like policies and procedures, um, uh, templates, uh, standing orders, um, having things built uh, in, uh, within our health record. And we also, um, we're able to hire a prep navigator to manage our patients. So during the course of the grant, we were blessed to have a master's level person with a degree in organizational development um, who was really able to champion the HIV testing piece. And now without that funding, I think we've built on that successful model of um, moving us from just being a care team that treats people with HIV into a, a program across all eight plus sites in our large FQHC to encourage more testing and HIV prevention. So our PrEP navigator uh, probably five years ago was only managing a handful of patients on PrEP. We've had PrEP now for uh, seven plus years and we're now up to probably 120 to 150 patients. Um, but I believe there's probably 500 or so patients overall in our health center that would benefit from taking a pill every day to prevent HIV. We um, 
created, I think the most exciting thing to share is this HIV testing toolkit. So that is publicly available. It really describes the testing piece. And I would encourage you all that are um, listening to check it out. So srhealth.org um, uh, slash HIV dash toolkit. And it's got all kinds of amazing resources about all the amazing interventions that we did to dramatically improve testing rates. And I'm looking at that now to think about now that we've um, regrouped from our fires um, and we've had more time to build our data analytics tool relevant and invested more time in our practice transformation model of investing in huddling, I think we're now ready to apply that same model toward our, our, our prep rollout. Um, so the toolkit has all kinds of um, uh, uh, pearls and tidbits um, in terms of um, basic project management implementation and specifically around HIV testing. Um, so I think that's um, a tremendous resource. Um, the care gap that I mentioned is now we've in relevant, we've been adding care gaps um, at a very fast pace over the last year or two. We now have 50 different care gaps and um, having this um, tool accessible in real time to look uh, at our overall population, uh, which right now we're at about 65%, um, but that we can then Anybody in the organization can access this and drill down for age or race or ethnicity or insurance status to look for disparities and look by providers and or care teams and or clinics. So it's a really wonderful tool. Um, and I think we're also exploring um, how can we get um, uh, PrEP care gaps and or STD treatment uh, care gaps built to, to continue to drive this behavior change. One of the other impacts of the fire um, that I believe um, was that when we had a sudden rise of homelessness and poverty and desperation, um, we actually had a syphilis outbreak that started almost two years ago, um, affecting people experiencing homelessness. And so um, because of that, we took this HIV testing to the next level and we bundled um, testing with other communicable diseases. In addition to the syphilis outbreak, we had two uh, people experiencing homelessness with active TB around the same time um, in early 2018. And so our homeless site started doing um, systematic assessment of housing status, which they hadn't done before. And we built the same um, standing orders and templates within our health record to uh, screen everybody experiencing homelessness annually for uh, hepatitis, HIV, syphilis, chlamydia, gonorrhea, and HIV. Um, and that's been a, also a really uh, wonderful uh, joy to, to watch the growth of adhering to those guidelines and to see medical assistants who are now huddling and using relevant uh, our data analytics tool to, to um, guide team-based care um, in a, in a cost-effective way and to help identify and uh, treat people early uh, with these infections um, to help uh, prevent and, and end HIV and STD spread. Um, we didn't do this alone. We had community partners. Uh, there's an AIDS sport organization here in Santa Rosa face-to-face -face, where we um, have a very active referral process where they will test people and um, either refer them if they're positive. We've had that in place for many years, but I think we built a, um, 
uh, a memorandum of understanding so that um, anybody who tests negative and is interested in staying negative by taking a pill every day, um, they very quickly can get into our health center. And just this month, we started a, um, a drop-in prep group so that people can, can show up and, and learn how to stay healthy and talk about uh, their sexual health in a non-judgmental, uh, welcoming way. Um, so that group is open to people HIV positive and negative to, to, to talk about uh, sexual health. Um, I think thinking about it altogether, the culture change was huge. And um, I certainly uh, enjoyed being a part of both elbow to elbow trainings and staff meetings, but to be able to have our testing coordinator and now our prep navigator um, spend time in all of our clinical sites both at staff meetings sharing data and elbow-to-elbow -elbow training staff, um, uh, building capacity, um, uh, removing barriers, addressing biases and disparities. So uh, I think systematizing the whole process has been um, a real source of pride. And um, even though our numbers have been relatively static for the last couple of years, I, I think um, that's, uh, we've built and invested in our people, and in terms of creating uh, organizational change, I think the, the results, will, in terms of numbers tested, will pay off as we move forward. So I think that's uh, most of what I wanted to share. I would love to talk uh, if there's any specific questions, um, but um, I'm thinking already about universal hepatitis C screening which is going to be recommended by both U.S. Preventive Task Force Services and the CDC um, for all adults age 18 to 79, and so we'll have a similar model. Um, and also thinking about how we can improve our universal chlamydia screening of young women 25 and under. Um, but I also think that the investment that we made with HIV testing is um, paying off in terms of diabetes screening and uh, dyslipidemia screening and cancer screening um, because the, the the nuts and bolts of what we did um, translate very, very well into other parts of um, uh, practice transformation in terms of having engaged leadership and um, having uh, validated data and an impalement process so that we can do um, really tremendous team-based care. So I have um, more to say, but I might just take a pause there and uh, really encourage all of you that are not HIV specialists and don't have Ryan White funded programs to encourage you to do the same thing. I know that West County Health Centers locally had a similar success with a similar process without the grant funding, and we will be tackling this with PrEP um, also without additional grant funding. So it is certainly possible um, uh, to do more HIV testing and to provide more HIV services um, because I think PrEP is now very similar to providing family planning services that I think initially you didn't have to be an HIV specialist, but now it's really within the scope of primary care. And I think HRSA is um, guiding us to make sure that all of us that provide primary care are up to speed in terms of um, helping to prevent HIV. So I'm going to pause now and um, see if there's any questions or comments and hope to turn this into a conversation. Danny, this is Kelly. We do have a question from Eileen at Communicare. Her question is, could you talk about how you do HIV screening, rapid, blood draw? Right. So I think that's a great question. Um, I, don't want, I want to make sure that people don't confuse routine screening with rapid screening. 
And what we found in that most of our sites um, for our workflows and our staff, it was much easier to do um, to send people to our labs. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have phlebotomy uh, at some of our larger sites, and we um, would mostly send people to our commercial lab. What we found was that most people that are not HIV specialists, if you get a preliminary positive and if you test enough people, even though the test is 99.7% uh, specific and sensitive, you are going to get some false positives. And when you get a false, when you test somebody and you have a preliminary reactive test, that causes a lot of distress for the clinician and for the patient, and it slows down the workflows. Um, and so I think by wait by sending out to the uh, commercial labs, we avoid many of the false positives um, that cause a lot of um, anxiety, fear, extra cost, and time. So we also, at some of the sites, we did have rapid tests, and I think particularly for people that are ready to start on PrEP, I think it's more helpful, but I, we want to make sure that you um, invest in your team. Uh, in, our, in our centers, it's the medical assistants that do the, the, the actual testing. Um, and so now we have kits where you get turnaround time within a, a couple of minutes, and that uh, is another model. So I guess I just would tailor your, um, your type of test to what works best for your site. And there are some tools within the toolkit to help you decide, um, do you want to do um, uh, uh, rapid testing with a finger stick uh, or an oral specimen um, or a blood draw? One of the things we were really hoping to do at our dental sites was to do um, oral swabs. Um, at the time that the grant for testing started, um, we were using third generation technology, so antibody alone, and that was enough just from saliva and our dentists were already there, and so that seemed like a, a helpful model. But the HIV testing technology switched to a, a better test with a narrow window, and there's not enough HIV antigen in saliva to have an appropriate test. So we weren't ever able to to robustly integrate um, oral HIV testing at our dental site. So I wanted to just share a couple other things while we're waiting for people to, to see if, um, how, to, how to implement this at their sites. Um, I mentioned the, the, the support of the federal government. Um, our uh, current administration has launched two amazing initiatives this year in terms of ending the epidemic um, that was announced at this year's State of the Union. And then just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Ready, Set, Prep. Um, and so ending the epidemic is really focusing on uh, diagnosis, treatment, prevention, and responding to outbreaks. And um, millions of dollars is going to um, reducing HIV in our country by 75% in the next five years and then by 90% over 10 years. And Ready, Set, Prep essentially gets um, hundreds of thousands of people free medicines um, to prevent HIV. Um, and the part of the rollout uh, reflects for health centers that report for UDS, um, some changes coming up for 2020. So uh, the linkage to care measure, which has been around for several years, instead of just um, if you test anybody that's positive, making sure they get linked up to an HIV specialist within 90 days, that's going to be shortened to only 30 days. Um, so that's one thing to pay attention to for upcoming UDS reporting. And then there's going to be two new measures uh, one on HIV screening, which is the same measure that we use once in a lifetime screening for all adults aged 15 to 65. And then also the number of people prescribed uh, the medicines in PrEP. Um, and so I think that's going to 
um, help uh, health centers that uh, don't historically um, treat HIV still start thinking about, um, if they're not already, how can there be some more testing and HIV prevention services? Danny, we have two additional questions that came in. Uh, the first is from Anthony Taylor, who is at Sonoma County's Department of Health Services. Um, he's wondering how uh, your health center is going about identifying and increasing the number of patients on PrEP. Um, so that's a wonderful question. We are in the process of validating reports right now for um, uh, STDs. And um, so the same data analysts still relevant um, is uh, we're, we're, we have reports um, that have been built uh, and are still being validated to help identify anybody with a bacterial infection. So syphilis, uh, chlamydia, gonorrhea, and then um, our PrEP navigator can reach out to the patient and or the clinician to offer PrEP. And so rather than wait uh, and opt into PrEP, we're moving that, uh, just like the, the, the history with HIV testing, to move from opt-in um, uh, to opt-out, where the default is if you're being treated for a bacterial STI, um, uh, you're being offered PrEP. I mentioned the homeless site, and so as they're routinely screening, HIV prevention messages are worked into that messaging. Um, we've also changed our templates in our electronic health record. So for the templates where we're um, treating chlamydia and gonorrhea and syphilis, we've added some language to um, offer PrEP, and we've also trained our nursing staff at all sites so that when they're administering benzathine penicillin to treat syphilis or giving intramuscular ceftriaxone and azithromycin, um, they are routinely offering same-day PrEP. Um, and so I think coming at it from a few, several different levels, training MAs, training uh, nurses, training staff, making some um, changes in our health record to provide decision support, and then acting on data um, to systematically identify people that would benefit from PrEP are um, some of the steps that we're taking. Great. Uh, the next question is from Stephen, who's at Alexander Valley Healthcare. He's wondering if your HIV testing toolkit contains language on how you offer the test as opt-out, including consent requirements. Yeah. Um, thank you, Stephen. I know you are familiar with this project, and I appreciate the question. The toolkit's amazing. Um, you are welcome to um, uh, shamelessly steal all content in there and adapt it for your health centers. But our uh, policy and procedure on routine HIV testing that I think Stephen wrote um, does have that language. And um, it basically says, um, uh, as part of your healthcare, we care about you and we test everybody um, for HIV. Um, if you test positive, um, we can connect you up to some really great treatment options. Um, uh, is it okay to test you today? Um, so that language to normalize it, I think reduces stigma. And we built on that with the whole campaign. We had um, uh, sticky notes distributed around the clinic. We had lanyards that said we test everyone. Um, we built a, a, a outward facing social media campaign around know your health, know your status. And we've expanded it not just HIV testing, but to other, again, screening for heart disease, screening for cancers, um, doing this messaging. Uh, we also created some videos that are um, patient-facing and, um, and also for staff. So all of the, the videos, the language, the policies and procedures, the, the templates, 
all of that's available in the in the toolkit. Um, next question is Santa Rosa Community Health engaged in routine opt-out testing at all its sites? Uh, so I think the answer is for all the medical sites, yes. At our dental campus, we are still um, trying to figure out how to make that work. But we have some very small sites from, um, uh, you know, focus on people with severe, persistently uh, mentally ill to some very large sites. And yes, yeah, so all of the medical sites are currently engaged in uh, routine opt-out testing um, uh, uh, as a result of this. And I'd love to um, share with you in a few years, I hope that all sites will have clinical prep champions and that patients can, um, can talk to the provider at all of our sites. But right now, only, well, now we actually we've trained, we've trained clinicians at probably half of our sites, uh, our largest sites, uh, to, to deliver prep. Um, so I hope that we can have the same, um, the same process in terms of delivering prep as we, that we built for routine opt-out testing. Um, and Eileen from Communicare is wondering if you can talk about same-day prep. Are you starting without lab results? Also, what is your opinion regarding intermittent or party prep use? Okay, great. Um, so same-day prep, I, I think um, being patient-centered and client-centered is huge. And I think most of prep delivery is around um, meeting people psychosocially. And a lot of it's around insurance and benefits. There's really little very biomedical um, complexity to it. It's um, pretty similar to providing Depo-Provera, where you do some baseline testing and you um, provide a service every three months. Um, and so I think health centers are used to doing that for for family planning or for diabetes care or for chronic pain. Um, and I try to remove as many barriers as possible. I very much like to see a negative HIV test result before starting somebody on the two medicines that are in PrEP because if you are half HIV and you only give um, uh, uh, PrEP, um, that HIV can become resistant uh, relatively quickly. So um, within seven days, uh, we like to have the test, but if somebody shows up, I will um, write a prescription that day and have them do the test. Uh, if you have access to rapid tests, then you've got that preliminary, preliminary negative and you can fire away. Um, or I, I have some confidence that they're gonna go over to the lab that day. I will go ahead and prescribe PrEP and um, um, with them in, in a day or two or have my PrEP navigator do that. Um, New York City has been doing same-day PrEP for several years. They closed all of their STD clinics in the city and renamed them and rebranded them as sexual health destinations. And so what they found is that not a single person uh, less than age 40 had um, significant kidney issues uh, on the baseline screening. And there were a very small handful of people who um, uh, actually had HIV before starting. And so in New York City for, for a couple of years, they've been doing same day prep without seeing the lab result and we might be moving in that direction because most people do, uh, do get that test. Um, but as long as you have systems in place to, um, to have a tickler system so that if you don't see that lab result within a couple of days, you reach out and check in with them, I think it's, uh, it should be okay. That's a little different from what the guidelines say and usually when I teach, I, I really encourage people to have that HIV negative test. So I think to start out, I would, um, if you've not done this before, I would encourage you to have the negative test um, before writing that prescription. But once you've been doing it for a while, I, I think 
um, uh, to be more patient-centered and not, not to miss opportunities when somebody's in your office asking to stay HIV negative, I think we should remove any and all barriers to um, the most effective tool that we've ever had to prevent HIV. 211 prep or on-demand prep. So this is a strategy that is, um, has been studied in Europe for many years. Um, what we know is that um, if you take a pill every day for um, after a good week or so, um, it is 99 plus percent effective at preventing HIV. Um, but even for uh, some people taking a pill every day is hard. Um, and so this strategy of taking two pills before sex, one uh, to 24 hours before sex, and then a pill 24 hours after sex and uh, the next day, and each day as long as you continue to have sex. So 211 or intermittent prep or on-demand prep has been shown to be almost as good. So over 90% 90, 90 effective. And so I think that's another tool. Uh, it is not currently recommended by the US um, DHHS guidelines, but it is an ultra acceptable alternative from the IES USA guidelines. And I think it's also uh, client-centered. So I do have some patients on the strategy of um, who um, you get most of the bang for the buck if you um, uh, are, are, are not, uh, even if you're not taking PrEP every day. So again, I think um, I would encourage people to master the, the basics of, uh, of PrEP, um, but to meet, to meet clients where they're at uh, to reduce harm and to bring HIV. If you'd like to learn more about this promising practice or our many others, go to rchc.net and check out our Promising Practices page. We're excited to bring you many more podcast episodes in 2020, but we need your input on what you'd like to hear. Contact me, Kelly Bond, to request a topic or sign up to present a topic on something you'd like to share. A big thank you to today's presenter, participants, and our listeners. I'm your host, Kelly Bond. And we'll see you next time in the QI chat room.